Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for all your blessings. You said in all things, give thanks. So we want to thank you tonight for these mighty machines that you brought before us. Thank you for the Dodges and the Toyotas. Thank you for the Fords. And most of all, we thank you for Roush and Yates partnering to give us the power that we see before us tonight. Thank you for GM Performance Technology and the R07 engines. Thank you for Sunoco Racing Fuel and Goodyear tires that bring performance and power to the track. Lord, I want to thank you for my smoking hot wife tonight, Lisa. My two children, Eli and Emma, or as we like to call them, the little E's. Lord, I pray you bless the drivers and use them tonight. May they put on a performance worthy of this great track. In Jesus' name, boogity, 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 amen. Hey, Google, play In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. All right, playing the latest episode of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they anything, get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check your flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in a couple And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the marbles we're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles We're in the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 10 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. My name is Soda. You can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. And I am Ethan. You can follow me on Twitter at Viva Ethan. And uh, episode 10. We are 10 in already. Name a driver that drove a number 10. Johnny Benson. Okay. Uh, I'll go with the most famous one. Who's the most famous? Who do you think is the most famous of all time? Um, number 10. You're not um, going to like it. Number 10. I don't know. Danica Patrick. Oh, my goodness. You Get know out good of and well here. she is the most famous driver to drive what? number 10. I forgot she was in NASCAR. What are you not talking about? A lot about? of people have not forgotten that she's a NASCAR. Come yeah, on. because she's a laughing stock. Yeah, but she's still the most Good. famous female in NASCAR history. Oh, a lot of people associate her with a number 10. Oh, she is probably the most famous number 10. Anyways, that's not the no. most respected because you could go to Ricky Rudd. <laughs> Ricky Rudd driving a number 10. Um, let's see. Scott Riggs, one year. Oh, yeah. Scott, Scott Riggs. Yeah. yeah. One year he was uh he was he did a wild flip on the front stretch at Talladega, which I was at on the front row. Oh nice. I'm gonna add that. him to my list. <laughs> <laughs> That's for later. <laughs> he is not on my list. My list goes way deeper than Scott Riggs. Holy cow. I'm, I'm did he even ever point. win a cup race? No. No. Oh, no, Bro, it was a uh, list. He was more uh, he won in Xfinity driving that number ten uh, Nestle Quick chocolate milk race car. That uh, that was a bad fast team. Yeah, it was. That was bad fast. So it was a 
uh, Jeff Green won a lot. Yeah. Too, right? Yeah. Could you imagine drinking chocolate milk? Um, I have. I like chocolate milk. You don't like chocolate milk? No. I mean, I don't now. I don't drink milk, but. You know what? Like, my sister is a fiend for chocolate milk. Like, she has to have it. And it's the most disgusting thing ever. Drinking milk in general. And then my other sister, she would, like, eat her cereal. And then she would slurp the milk. And it's like, Bleh. like, I'll, but I love cottage cheese. That's disgusting. Oh, no, it's not. Cottage cheese what is are you talking absolutely about? disgusting. I can't even. I love cheese, and that is absolutely the most disgusting thing. Oh. Other next to sour cream, cottage cheese and sour cream, just no. <laughs> what? My That's God. like fifty percent of my diet. Well, fifty percent of my diet is cheese right now, but mm. it sure ain't cottage. It's string cheese and pepper mm. jack and all that good you, junk, but not you, cottage. Ugh. Do you still? Uh, do you still waste time by? St- stringing it yes or do you just i waste time eating it the proper way <sighs> and the better tasting way because i feel no. I, I feel like honestly just taking a hunk of uh string cheese <laughs> it's just it don't taste right what are you talking it about it tastes better taste right <laughs> it's better when you string it thin no it doesn't it does it honestly does taste better oh i can't be the only one that thinks that way oh i mean man. i know it's a it's a big point of contention over there on the uh tales from the estate podcast but <laughs> i can't be the only one that thinks this way good lord string All it right. and it tastes better well, no one does it so it how has your week better. how i okay, we gotta move on how has your week been? <laughs> i you know it's been good it's been stressful um not much has happened just going to work doing the thing well i can't say not much <laughs> has happened over here yeah you had a pretty eventful pretty <laughs> eventful week. yeah very eventful week between so, i want to hear all about it but first i'm going to crack open this super ice cold peach mango rowdy energy okay go ahead well i've already cracked open my uh there it is my um coca-cola vanilla coca-cola zero mm, that's what i have that's just because um i'd be broke if you ain't heard or seen me on uh twitter at mm-hmm. in the marbles pod we purchased daytona 500 tickets on the pre-sale <sighs> i'm so jealous of you dang it we we had a disney world trip planned for that week like it started monday mm-hmm. through uh like we were going to get there sunday night and right. go monday tuesday and have a rest day at a resort day or just go around orlando and then go thursday and friday and come home saturday that was the plan mm-hmm. It's that week in February, and the Daytona 500 was going to be that Sunday that we were going to get there. I looked at my wife, and I looked at the schedule. I was like, you know, that's going to make the podcast hard. Yeah. <laughs> of all things I'm thinking of, right? Right. Because I'm not going to be able to watch that Daytona 500. I'm just going to be able to listen to it or maybe stream it and kind of halfway pay attention to it on the way to uh, Orlando. And then we got the thing. It's like, well, we're going to be pretty close to Daytona. It's about an hour and 15 minutes away from Orlando. Like, yeah, hmm. I looked, did some research and saw the tickets were not on sale yet. And I saw a little pre sale code that you could sign up for and get the pre sale because they went on sale Friday. I got them Thursday. And I got my email address in there and we looked at it and we were like, it's doable. You want to do yeah. that? It's like, yes, we're going to do that. So we are going down Saturday, spending the night in some random hotel on the way there and thinking Jacksonville. Hmm. And then heading to Daytona Sunday morning watch the Daytona 500, leave there, go to Disney, 
check into the hotel and the next morning we're going to Epcot. They open late. We're going to Epcot. How, um, how far away is Jacksonville from the racetrack? And not far. I mean, you're talking about maybe, I think, I don't even think it's two hours. I think it's like an hour and a half, maybe okay. an hour. A lot. We drove down there in one day. Oh, wow. For Daytona last time. When you want to do it, you want, you can do it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That happened. Uh, my wife and kids got me an awesome father's day gift. It was a, uh, steering wheel pedal shifter combo with a yes. uh, a chassis to hook it up to for uh, nascar heat and gran turismo 7 and all these racing games i have on playstation and it's a compatible with the pc if i ever do get a pc good enough to run i racing mm-hmm. so that's interesting that's the whole family's having fun with that because it's such a that's different deal so cool i am so wickedly jealous do you, of, you have any type of, of steering wheels or anything or you just were in the controller no, I just do controller. Um, it's but tough. man, it is sometimes, I, man. I can't, on NASCAR Heat, I cannot hold a line at Talladega and Daytona without just, I, I my, my strategy with it is not just to push it in one direction, like softly. My strategy is, is just like to violently push it yeah. in the smallest movements I possibly can. Yeah. And that makes me hold the line enough because you're constantly like like straight left straight left straight left straight left the whole time mm-hmm. and that's help making me hold the line that's not a very efficient way of driving it not at all but that's the only way i can hold the line and not wreck half the field with a controller yep. and a little joystick i feel like racing games used to be a lot easier on controllers <laughs> they used to be yeah but i don't know what happened but now i have throttle sensitivity mm-hmm. i have uh force feedback on the steering wheel and you can feel it scraping on the track. Ooh. And I tell you what, holding your line at Daytona and Talladega when you're in the middle of three and four of them in the corner, mm-hmm. you can do it. But that, that, uh, all the air buffering around the car and because it has draft effects on it. And then you may be scraping up against the car once in a while and feeling the track and the forces on it going through the corner. You are tense. Yeah, like it's wanting to constantly jerk the wheel out of your hand, and you are <sighs> tense. Your forearms are really, really like engaged, and then it's just like real life, man. You go to the back straightaway, and you're going straight. Relax, just like real life. That's and then you go to the corner, and you're doing it all again. And you do it over and over and over. It's just it's exactly the way I remember uh, driving Talladega. It's oh, exactly wow. the same way. But that's a lot of fun. Sounds like it. I do want to talk about SRX before I talk about SRX. I do want to. Um, Mention something real quick. Nobody, hardly anybody listening to the podcast will know him, obviously. But a friend of mine from back in my racing days passed away this past week. Uh, his name's Eddie Hall. He, uh, and I'll have a picture of his car and him up on the uh, picture that I put up with the podcast. The little collage mm-hmm. of pictures I do. Yeah. He drove a car number 17H. And it's a little front-wheel drive four-cylinder class that I was always a part of that we had so much fun with. And he was a blast to race with. He would race you as clean as he could. He would be so much fun. He was like the life of the pit area. Right. He really was. Um, but he fell into some health problems and he was put on, I think, hospice a couple weeks ago. And it it just, it's all over now. And mm. it's tough because I know, and I know some family of his is going to be listening to this. I know that it's kind of hard to, see somebody one way when you know them another way. Right. I know I was invited to come visit and I'm going to be speaking to them directly right now. 
I'm sorry I did not visit. It's just, it's too hard to see somebody one way when you know them another way and you want to remember them the way that you know them. And unfortunately, the funeral landed the day the SRX raced. And I had already spent that much money invested in the tickets and the event and all that. It's just bad timing. But I guess timing's never perfect for any of that kind of stuff. But I wanted to share a story or two with him real quick. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I don't mean to bring the whole podcast down or anything, but no, it's just a not. good, I think it would be a good little tribute to him. Absolutely. He was the kind of guy that would break his back to help you. You know, you have so many people in the pits that, now we did have a really good group of friends, but there are so many people in the pits across the country in different classes, stuff like that. They'll just keep to themselves and they won't touch a, lift a finger to, to touch nobody else's equipment and help anybody do anything. If you don't know it, figure it out, right? This guy was not like that. Now, I don't think I ever saw him win a single race, but that didn't matter. He is one of those guys that he was just having fun being out there. And he made friends, and I was one of them. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, also Jamie, uh, Jamie Mazingo is his name. Uh, there's plenty of videos of me and him racing for the win on my old uh, Dunlight Racing 53 YouTube account. Uh, so he'd win sometimes, I'd win sometimes, but he only, for some reason, he only remembers the ones I, would, I beat him. I, I remember plenty he beat me, but, you know, whatever. Um, there was one night, two real quick stories. So there was one, one race I will remember very, very vividly. He wasn't racing that night, uh, Eddie Hall. He was sitting in turn four. And we, I was talking to him, like, during the intermission and between races and stuff like that out there in the stands. But he was sitting in turn four on the, right in the front of the fence. And you can't miss this dude. I mean, this dude is a big dude. Everybody's big to me. I'm 5'5". Five five. But you can't miss him out there on the, on the front stretch wall, right? So I'm working on this guy in the lead. And this video is actually also on YouTube also. Uh, maybe I'll link it on uh, in the Marvel's uh, Twitter account this week because I put a cheesy uh, battle music to it because that's what I did back then and back in 07. I was working on this guy for the lead for lap, lap after lap after lap. I was a lot faster than him, but I also wanted to do it right and wanted to do it clean. And I knew I was going to win this race. I just had to get by him. Right. And I eventually got fed up with him being behind him. So I bumped him going straight coming off a corner and you know that's got to like be right in his head if you're going as fast as you can coming off a two and then you get pushed just mm -hmm. straight push not turned or nothing just pushed down the straightaway it's like okay this guy is a lot faster than me now i gotta work even harder right and he did he worked harder and he worked too hard that was my whole plan and he wound up overdriving the car and i got by him and i won by i think a third of a lap Oh, but wow. what was funny, because that was about six laps to go when that happened. And you could see Eddie Hall, even in the video, you could see Eddie Hall in turn four. I saw him clear as day on the racetrack. He's got his hands. You know how they do on dirt tracks or like when they in the stands, if somebody widens their hands, like they'll have their yeah. hands real close together up in the air and then they'll widen them as you're coming by. Meaning yeah. you got a big lead, you're stretching the lead. Right. Actually, he did that every single lap, trying to get me to slow down, <laughs> not to break my car. <laughs> But I knew good and well I had that race because Eddie Hall's right there in turn four, widening his arms as wide as he can go and jumping up and down and hollering for me. Like he was so happy. He was just so happy that I was actually going to win that race. It was just, 
really, really neat to see. And um, there's one moment, one more real quick, and I'll we'll move on to SRX. Uh, at a small little racetrack, we were invading uh, a group of us uh, Loxley drivers because that's where we raced in Loxley. We were invading the small little racetrack in Flomaton for a big money race on a weeknight. I think it was like a Monday night race. It was a big money race in our class. So we all invaded over there, right? You know, four or five of us went over there. Yeah. And me and Jamie went over there with my friend and we had cars good enough to win. I think I was actually leading the heat race when my right front hub broke and there's no power to a front wheel drive if a right front hub breaks. So I'm in the infield and they push my car back to the, that happened a lot back then. We eventually figured out the problem, but it happened a lot, but pushed it back to my trailer. Eddie Hawkins was like, well, do you have anything to replace it with? It's like, I don't, I've, I've done scoured the entire region for Celica right front hubs. I have nothing to replace this with now. I got to find something different to do. You know, I, I went three hours one way looking for another Celica right front hub I could take uh, from a junkyard, you know, just so I could keep going because yeah. I broke so many of these things. And he was like, well, I got a Saturn right front hub, but I don't think that's going to fit a <laughs> Ford product with a Toyota product. You know, I had a Celica and he's like, no, nah, we'll make it fit. Okay. <laughs> So I'll be danged. He got under that car through the entire the entirety after the uh, heat race and intermission to our big money race, which I think was the main event. Um, He got under that car and he worked his butt off. And somehow that Saturn right front hub fit on my car. I had to use one of his wheels, I think. Oh, because, you know, he had the Saturn wheels. I don't think that I think if I remember correctly, I had to use his right front tire. And right front wheel. Somehow that thing fit. I got in that car. That steering wheel going straight. It was turned about a one and a half turns to the right. It was so jacked wow. up. And I was like, I can't imagine this is going to go more in a lap or two. And it's going to completely break apart. So I get out there and I baby the car. Like I'm starting near the back anyway. I baby the car. It's right. like a 25 lap race. I'm just babying it. I'm not getting on it. I'm just babying it around. And somebody crashes. They They're out babying it some more. Somebody crashes there. I'm not buying, I'm by no means the slowest car out there. I'm just not aggressive. I'm just riding. It's like, I'm going to finish this thing and I'm going to get some money out of it. You know, I'll be danged. They had a green, uh, a, a white flag shootout at the end of it. And I'm sitting third. I'm like, okay, I am not going to hold back on the last lap. I'm just going to go for it. If it breaks, it breaks. And I gunned it, <laughs> turned it left to go into turn one. And it broke on the last lap. <sighs> I was so close to finishing the top two or three in money on that race. And it broke on the last lap. And my friend Jamie actually got out there in his car and pushed me back to the pits afterwards. That dude actually got me to go out there and race in that feature because he put a Saturn right front hub on that car and something I didn't think would happen. But um, I hate that he's gone. He'll be missed. And I wish I could have you know, done more, been, been there at the end of it, but timing of it didn't really work out. But, Anyway, I just wanted to pay a little tribute to him because he was a really good friend. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to go on into what happened this weekend. This is the SRX. Did you happen to watch the SRX? I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I, I forgot it was even on. You forgot it was on. I was texting and yeah, tweeting I about completely, it. I know. Well, I wasn't on my phone at that point, and then I, I somehow like got onto Twitter and I saw your post, and I was like, "Oh shoot!" 
but I was at work anyways, so I wasn't going to be able to watch it. Well, did you end up watching the trucks? Yes, I did. Uh, oh. <laughs> it took me four tries to watch that because um, I have a DVR. Yeah, I did. And too. every single time I, I, <laughs> I fell asleep. So finally, I yes, I watched it in its entirety. Um, didn't get to see all the wrecks, but that will well, bring yeah, that up. Later, yeah, we but. got that on the notes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, going to SRX. The first thing I got to say, it was 98 degrees with 110 heat index. It was mm. hot. You, yeah. if, okay, I know how, I know how Bane talks about the heat. I just listened to the show today. Their, their yeah. latest episode from this past Sunday. I understand Bane talking about the heat in Oklahoma. I understand it's hot out there too. It's absolutely hot. That's like somebody out in Las Vegas talking about the heat. I understand. There's different mm-hmm. kinds of heat. Las Vegas, I've been out there when it's been 105 or so. I've been out there in a truck, right? I was, I've been feeling at a truck stop at mm-hmm. 105 degrees out there. There was no humidity, but it all like encompassed you like an oven. That's the only way I could feel like I, explaining it. It felt like you were in an oven in 105 degree heat at Vegas. In South Florida, it feels like you're in a frying pan. Completely oh, really? different type of heat. You're not just uh, hot all over. You're literally cooking on the outside of your skin. Like, look at Matt Yoko on the broadcast. Did you? Yeah, he is very tan. No, he was burnt. His face was red. <laughs> yeah. Ethan, you would have burst into flames. You got, oh, you I got sunburnt at Kansas. Yeah, second degree burn. You, you would have. Um, it would have been third degree here. It's uh, I can't explain it other. We had rechargeable fans uh that went around our necks we brought at least eight or ten ten bottles of water with us and all of them are gone by the end of the day we brought cooling towels that we have recharged three times during the event all of us wore hats and put on sunscreen uh three times i think so we didn't get burned Mm -hmm. but good lord it was hot and we were more prepared than a lot of people i saw and then the autograph session that was mm, so much fun. I would really want to hear this. That was so much fun. The autograph session was on the front straightaway. It happened at about mm. uh, 2.15, uh, somewhere in there. When we got into the grandstands at like one fifty, the line was at the flag stand, and it went down half of the front straightaway grandstands and then curled around the grandstands to behind them. So then it started going behind the grandstands. So we were... We were right at the uh, the back right corner of the front stretch, front stretch grandstands. We couldn't see the track yet at 150. So they had been lined up there for a while. And when they got there, they told us, okay, there's two different sections. Go to the section you want to go to. They're going to be out there for 45 minutes. They're going to be out there until 3 o'clock. And they told us all the people on the left side and all the people on the right side. Thankfully, everybody I wanted, I had stuff for, was on the left side. So hang on. So if you would have went to the right side, that means you automatically forfeit your opportunity to meet those drivers on the left not side. Not if you were early. Oh, that's weird. I we were not as early as we needed to be, and they cut off people going to the other line because there wasn't going to be enough time. You know, like if you were the mm-hmm. first little half of the line, you could have mm-hmm. went through and then jumped in the other line and come back because people were doing that. But at a certain point, they cut the lines off. So if you're towards the back of that line and you go through, you can't jump over because I cut it off because there's not enough time. Otherwise, people would just constantly be going back and forth between the two lines. And they, right. they had a time restraint. They had to be done at three o'clock. 
Yeah, I mean, I get it, but <clears throat> how'd it really make me mad? I know. Uh, it, it got there because they told us everybody was on one side. And unfortunately, uh, that's, uh, unfortunately, uh, this really, really nice guy gave my kids a Bill Elliott and a uh, Bobby Labonte card to get autographed. Mm. And like, unfortunately, we weren't going to be able to do Bobby Labonte because he was on the other side. I was like, I'm sorry, man. Everybody's on this side. We're not going to be able to go back and forth like that. We're just going to we're going to try. But if we can, we can. We can't. Oh, well, you know, we'll just have to deal with that because my guys were it was going to be Tony Stewart, Bill Elliott, Michael Waltrip. Those are the big ones I had stuff to get signed. And right. my kids had autograph books. They were going to get the whole row to sign, right. which they did. And I'll tell you who all they got in just a sec. But we went through the line, and with about 10 minutes left in the session, we got there finally. And I started looking, and I did not see Michael Waltrip, but I saw Bobby Labonte. And I said, uh, why is Michael not here? We would have divided this up. If I had known Michael yeah. wasn't here, I would have went on the other side and you guys would have got this stuff. And we uh, we got all the people there. We got the Bill Elliott Nintendo cartridge signed. We got the Tony Stewart NASCAR Heat 5 game signed. We got the trading card from Bobby Labonte signed. And my kids got the autograph books and went right down the row to get Paul Tracy, uh, Bill Elliott, Ryan Newman, uh, Tony Kanaan, Helio Castroneves, oh. Bobby Labonte. Oh, I feel like it's Tony, Tony Stewart too. So that's seven that they got in their autograph book. That's, that's legends. And both yeah, of them have was, a whole book of them. Wow. But when we get done with it, I'm happy about that. But then I, they cut off the line to the other side. So we're, we're a family of four here, you know, me and my wife and my two kids. So we're talking to the security guard and we're like, well, if we had known that was happening with them not being there, we wouldn't have done this this way. We would have divided up. And he's like, yeah, they announced it wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry they announced it wrong, but I can't do anything about it. And my wife is trying her hardest because we have that die cast. We're going to get signed by AJ McCarron too. Yeah. And she's trying her hardest. She's doing everything she can with this guy. Right. She's like, but look at the kid. Look at this little kid. Ain't he a cute kid? And he's holding the die cast. Like, she's like, give me a die cast on the pen. Just give me a die cast on the pen. And we'll give it the deal. I was like, ain't this a cute kid? Look at this little cute kid. <laughs> and they're shooing everybody back up. We're staying around. Wait, 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 wait. You know what you should have done? You know what your wife mm. should have done? Kick your son in the shin and get the like water in the eyes. Like, please. oh, we were crying enough. It was please. 105 degrees easy <laughs> out there on the track. We were crying enough. It's, it's, everybody was sentimental to everybody out there. Everybody was in this awful situation. Mm-hmm. Of course, the drivers are all under a tent with fans blowing and all that kind of stuff. So she starts, she stuck around. She told, uh, she told me and, uh, my oldest son is like, why don't it be easier if it's just me and him? I think, why don't y'all go on up there? Cause I'm upset. Cause I really right. wanted to get that car sign. I was like, okay. Oh, I, I wanted you to get that sign more than anything. I did too. Had. I mean, I really wanted to meet Bill Elliott and get that sign, but that car was going to get right. a double signature on it. And right. we went back on up through the uh, wall and sat on the front row of the grandstand and watched everything happen across the fence. Right. Well, my wife and uh, son are down there and they started and they're, they're talking and stuff and uh, with the security guard. And it looks like the security guard is going to let this happen, but he's mm. got to have the right timing for it. Oh, it's a okay. line full of people it. coming through and they're just it's like a conveyor belt. They're just going down the line, getting autographs. Gotcha. And they're trying to get everybody in and, and done. And they actually extend the thing five minutes to try to get everybody, but they still didn't get everybody. 
it looked like there for a minute there was no way it was going to happen. So the security mm -hmm. guard got uh, one of the handlers from behind the wall. Said, hey, they they missed them. They just want Michael. They don't want nobody else over there. Just Michael. Because the, the other half of the field I didn't name, they were over there with Michael. Okay, yeah. And he's like, they mm -hmm. just want Michael. Uh, is there any way you can just go in behind them and say, here, sign this and come back? Like, yeah, sure. Let me see what I can do. So he goes over there and he waits for an opportunity and he hands it in front of Michael, gives him the pen. He signs the hood and he comes back right when it's closing up. Oh, so, wait. Okay. So what did you use? Did you end up using? Like, I used a or metallic pen? silver Sharpie. That's what I used. Okay. Did, are you happy with the result? I wish he would have wrote a little bolder, but that's what, you know, everybody's got a different writing preference, right? I wish right. he would have wrote it down a little bolder, but mm -hmm. I, I am happy with it. I'm happy with the color up and everything. I'm going to cool. get AJ to match it. I'm going to see if he can do the cool. same silver uh, metallic Sharpie. You know, you just, you know, you just like completely ripped Jeff and Scott's hearts <laughs> out and stomped on them on our podcast. Well, right? I figured with the, you know, you just started a lot. You just started a big crap storm. What right I figured you though, know, I, <laughs> it was going to be too hard with so many people going so fast and they don't have paint pens in NASCAR like that. It ain't like a wrestling right. fitterman's thing where they have 15 colors and a handler handed them what they wanted right. two people in advance. That yeah, is very these true. are just drivers with Sharpies and they have their own Sharpies. Everybody's got a black Sharpie and it's, it, it's a rarity. I think to actually have somebody hand them a special pen for it. Um, yeah. I saw somebody with a Tony Stewart die cast sign with gold on the hood, on the, on the windshield. I thought that looked really good. And I started thinking, I was like, well, I mean, I kind of wish I'd gotten gold now because that looks awesome. I didn't think about getting gold. I just thought about getting silver, but mm -hmm. I am, I'm happy with it. The way it turned out the, on the dark windshield and the dark back window, it'll look good too. What did you think of the uh, the actual event? Did you watch it yet? I, I SRX. What, the SRX? You haven't no, watched it at I all? Not even it. like highlights no. or anything? No, I really haven't. They took it pretty easy. It's a very weird format initially anyway. Mm. I mean, you have heat races, but they're not really heat races. You, it's like they have commercial clocks instead of caution clocks. Mm. Yeah, You know, like a commercial caution instead of caution clock, however you want to word that. Where anytime they're about they have to go to commercial, they throw a caution, which is neat. What? You don't miss any action. Well, no, that's not. I don't like that. It's, well, it's a show. It's not. Well, it's not meant to be taken that seriously. It's just it's IROC. You know, it's it's today's IROC in a way. So they go about twenty laps and they'll throw a caution because that's about how long it takes for the you know, the commercial. And while they're at commercial, they're not racing. When they come back from commercial, they go green. It takes about twenty laps and they throw a caution. That's how it is. It's. They say it's a uh, somebody. I think Mike, uh, not Mike Joe, Alan Bestwick dubbed it a fun flag, uh, something like that. Okay. No, no, it's it's a commercial flag. That's what it is. Uh, commercial break, throw a caution so nobody misses any action when they come back from commercial. They'll go again. Ah. It, it doesn't take away from the racing from for me because otherwise, you might on some of these short tracks when you have somebody that's really hooked up, you might see a really boring race, and the right. last thing they want on a small series, only six races in is something to be boring. Well, I mean, I get that, but this is coming a week after we just had like a two hour spiel about how stage racing with cautions and stuff like that is bad. and stuff. <laughs> I agree in the highest form of motorsports. All right. Not this. This is a show. I mean, yeah. it's not, it's not even really a sport. This is straight up a show. Now they will race their, their hearts out 
for stuff. And they're excited when they win because they get after it now. They will get after it. But at the same time, this is entertainment. You know, it's not meant to be. I mean, they're all fun. They're all like friends and they all have fun. Nobody nobody has any rivalries with each other well, other than like anything well, from the past. Well, I mean, you, did you watch last season? Paul Tracy pretty much made the entire field pretty mad. Well, I mean, that's Paul Tracy. <laughs> God, Lee. I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I understand it. I do feel like if they don't do that, do that sometimes it will, it will kind of drag on, you know, because we did have some people kind of take off during this race and there wasn't a whole lot of passing up front for the heat races because mm-hmm. everybody was just kind of, you know, just kind of mind their own business, learn the track. The heat races line up to feature, but they're timed and everybody's involved with them. So you have like a, I don't know how long the heat races are time-wise. You got heat one, and then when the time's up, they'll invert the field and you'll have heat two. And when that time's up, they'll take the finishing and passing points from everybody and they'll line up the field that way. Usually it's a good mix. The people that finished up front in the first uh, kind of move their way up to the, the fast cars from the first heat that move their way up. They'll start up front. And then the slow cars from the first heat that stayed up front, they'll start up front. So it's kind of a good mix. You know, you have, uh, it, it pretty much accomplishes the same thing that it would if you separate the field, but it's only 13 cars. You don't want to separate the field. Once the feature started, it was 75 laps and there was some really, really good racing in the feature. I mean, the local guy, Bubba Pollard, he led a lot. And then uh, Ryan Newman was up there the whole time. Tony Kanaan was up there. Healer Castro Nevis came out of nowhere to get up there because he, he was up there for the uh, for the second heat. But he, he finished just about dead last mm-hmm. on the track anyway. One car pulled off. But he finished dead last in the first heat. Then Bubba Pollard had a uh, problem. He had to come in the pits. And when he got back out there, he started last. And he made his way all the way back up to second place at the end of that race and had passed people on three three wide and had the fans just going crazy for it. And then Helio Castroneves come around and won the thing and climbed the fence. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Well, I mean, as long as you guys had fun, that's really all that matters. But, man, I don't know. What bothers you, the caution clock? No, I don't know. I Okay, for one, um, when I first heard about SRX, I legitimately thought it was going to be like an AEW to WWE type thing, right? Um, so I thought it was going to be like they were trying to be direct competition to NASCAR. So I already had a really bad taste in my mouth about it. Um, the drivers that participate are fantastic, like legendary mm-hmm. people, you know? So like I'm, I'm okay with that. And then like, you know, just a couple weeks ago, we were talking about how crazily like – crazy weird the the playoff or i'm sorry the all-star race platform was and i i don't know i just i think there's i don't know there's just something about it that i'm kind of missing well when as far as the way that the events are when you go into an event which set out rules as exactly how this is going to go and everybody's Mm. aware of how this is going to go we're going to have these heat races we, after we run so many laps or have so much time. It just wound up being about 19 or 20 laps every time. After we go so long, we need commercials and we want the fans to see racing all the time. So we're going to throw a caution and it will also bunch the field up to help the live audience as well. Okay. If everybody's fine with it, whatever. 
Well, you know, yeah, they're just out there having fun. And that's awesome. And I think that's maybe it's just me being a really, really like I take racing, I take NASCAR, dirt track, whatever it is. Like if it's racing, I take it way too seriously. So like I know SRX is just, you know, they're out there having fun, whatever, but like they still get paid, you know, and like maybe they don't have the sponsor aspect of it and stuff like that. Um, but like as a race car driver, I would want to win the race, right? So but as a racing fan, if I'm there in audience, like selfishly, I don't really care what they're showing on TV. I'm, I'm there to watch a race. And yet, I mean, grouping them back up and having them restart is, yeah, it's awesome and whatever. But like what we were talking about last week is like, I think some of the best racing I've ever seen were like those races that didn't ever have a caution. I understand that. And I agree with you, but not when there's only 13 cars. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> there's only 13 cars. You knew, you knew there was only 13 cars. <laughs> no, I didn't. It's it's IROC, man. I mean, you remember IROC, right? There was only 12 cars out like, there. And... No, <laughs> I barely, barely, barely remember IROC. Well, it was IROC was all current people. And this is a mix of current and old. <laughs> but yeah, they added a 13th car. It's all, usually only 12 cars. And Hilo Castroneves actually flew to Pensacola and on his own dime and just showed up and oh. they were like, Hey, what are you doing here? I was like, Oh, I don't know. Um, I didn't realize I wasn't racing this weekend. Well, do you have another car? I was like, yeah, we got another car. It's like, can I race? Yeah, sure. That's well, pretty much it. That's how that went. Because well, Tony Stewart's one of the owners of it all. And he was like, yeah, whatever. Give if, him a car. If Elio Castroneves came to my event and was like, Oh, uh, I guess I wasn't supposed to be here, but can I, can I play anyways? Find him a car. Yes. I they will had, find you a car. <laughs> they had four backup cars and they printed his decals there at the racetrack and put them on the car. Awesome. Yeah. How amazing. And he wins the whole thing. Good for it. Oh, did he win? Yeah, he did. Oh, I just, good for you him. ain't listening to word I'm saying. I'm sorry. You're doing your list. <laughs> I'm doing my list. <laughs> I got 40 though. What's up? <laughs> That list only took me like two or three minutes. I just want to Sorry, but I went a lot further back than you did. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, <laughs> he climbed. I even said he climbed the fence. Oh yeah, I I heard you say it too. <laughs> I oh man, weird. But uh, yeah, a real real fun event, and it's all show, and they know it's a show, and they drive the wheels off those cars to win that race too. So they, a racer's gonna race. It doesn't yeah. matter what the format is. A racer's going to race. Yeah, for sure. And I got to see people like Bill Elliott and Bobby Labonte and Ryan Newman and Tony Stewart and Ryan Hunter Ray and Tony Kanaan and Helio Castroneves and Ernie Francis Jr. and the local Bubba Pollard. Yeah. I got to see all these guys. And Michael Waltrip. Yeah, he was out there too. Um, he hung out towards the back most of it. I think he actually finished dead last in the feature. Well, well that just doesn't surprise me at all. Well, this, <laughs> oh God, there's so many stories. This one lady, uh, they were trying to get her. She was in the stands. We were at like second row of the grandstands, right? And they were trying. She was about six rows down. They were everybody's behind us. There's a walkway behind us that goes to the concession stands, right? So you don't have to go all the way down to leave the track. You can just go up a row and you can go behind us to the walkways. There was somebody behind them poking their head through, trying to get this lady's attention. Everybody up in the grandstands was trying to get her attention too, all the rows up top because we were just okay. Just 
hurry up, get this lady's attention so we can keep watching the race here, you know? So we're all hollering. I can't even remember her name now, but we're <laughs> all hollering her name. And Brenda. eventually one, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> we were, I think it's Patricia. Now Patricia! Yeah. <laughs> it was some name like that, like a Brenda Patricia, some old name. I would say those are old. I, I didn't mean to say that, but, you know, a, a name that an older lady would have, not an old name. <laughs> <laughs> like Gwen or something. The same thing. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> oh, we just lost two we subscribers did. there. Poor pal. Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so everybody's na- calling her name and she's not responding. And eventually one guy yelled it as loud as he could, Patricia with a red, white, and blue hat on. <laughs> and she pats her hat and she looks and turns around and is like, Y'all talking to me? <laughs> Like, we need your keys. It's like, oh, okay. And she just started passing her keys off to random people. Oh. So they were passing them back to the to the back row. We're all family. We sat so close together. We're all family. Hey, Patricia with the Subaru. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your keys. So awesome. she, she turned around and said, I'm sorry, I can't hear. I'm a Michael Waltrip fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, the world does that have to do with anything? <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I got a speeding <laughs> ticket last week because I'm a Kyle Bush fan. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. my gosh. I don't know if that was a play on her being old or what, but like I don't know. But she reminded me of my grandmother so much, honestly. And like I was just saying to my wife after that. After that moment, I was just talking to my wife because later on, Michael Walter was actually second place in the second heat because they inverted it. Mm-hmm. So he was running second to Helio. Oh, Lord. A lot of it. Oh, he stayed up there. He was running. He was running uh, second to to Helio a lot in the second heat. I think he wanted to finish in second there. Well, how did Patricia's heart? Well, she was good. good? I mean, she was like waving her arms. She was the only one standing up at one point, just waving, waving Michael on. <laughs> but then, with about four laps to go, when he was dead last and he wasn't going to pass nobody, she left. Oh, <laughs> but she went our way. So she made all of us get out of the way and stop watching the race, so she could go through our aisle. Oh, that's awesome. That's, I mean, pretty much that was the Michael Waltrip fan fan club anyway. So it's not. Well, I did get his autograph. <laughs> just, I mean, I like Michael Waltrip. I mean, like, I Michael Waltrip's fun. He was, he, he was good for what he, what he had to do. He was good and uh, pretty good in Bush. And um, he had some major wins. He makes that joke that, uh, yeah, I'm the worst driver to ever win two Daytona 500s. No, I mean he's not wrong though. That's the thing. Like he is absolutely spot on. I'm like, yeah, you absolutely are. What 500 tries and he finally gets his first win, which is the Daytona 500. Like, well, that was a, I think it's 493, wasn't it? Oh, I mean you get the gist of it though. I think I think I have that number right there. Good. I think I'm proud that I have that number right. I don't think it hit 500. I think it was 493. That's me applauding you. Yeah. Well, Sterling Martin was 419. I definitely remember I, that one. Yeah, I cannot I cannot even imagine that. I thought he was way talented, way more he, talented. Than he that. was. He was just he just didn't get there until 1994. Well, I mean. And then once he got there, he was there. And he stayed there up until he retired. You think Matty D is going to have 500 tries? Well, I hope he gets back in the cup one day. I, I I like him. I, I think he's. Yeah, anyway, I don't want to go into that. Yeah. Uh, I, don't I know your I know your opinion on that. I don't want to. I don't have a fight today. But uh, another funny note: the um, we like I said, everybody's so close on top of each other here. These grandstands, yeah. 
our knees are not quite in somebody's back, but if somebody's coming through the aisle, we get to know them really, really well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's just how this track is. There's no room up there. Uh -huh. They pack, pack as many people as they can in it. <laughs> so we're in conversation with all these people, people in front of us, people behind us, people beside us. We, everybody's talking to everybody out there. And the lady be be behind us, when we were finally talking to them a little bit, she said, you know, you look just like Ross Chastain from behind. Mm. I was like, that's my favorite driver. So I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know if it's a compliment or not, but I'll take it. That's so random. So random. Yeah. And that's really cool, though. Like, for real. Like, <clears throat> a lot of people say if I take my glasses off, I look like Kyle Busch. You do look like Kyle Busch. I've Thank said that you. in my life. Thank you. You know what? That's the nicest thing. But <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me, to, to be completely honest with you. But then <laughs> I see <laughs> I see Kyle Bush on like the most ugliest <laughs> things ever. Like, oh, NASCAR's top ugliest <laughs> drivers. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. That's okay. I <laughs> I I've already embraced this. It's okay. Well, I feel like if it was another era and I wasn't on keto, uh, somebody would have said, well, you look just like Jimmy Spencer from behind, you know, <laughs> I love at least Spencer. that didn't happen. Jimmy yeah. But do you want to look like Jimmy Spencer? Well, no, I don't want to no. look like Jimmy <laughs> No, I already, I take my shirt off. I look like a melting candle already. So I don't want to look like Jimmy Spencer. Good Lord. I have at least got thin enough to look like Ross Chastain. So that's there something. Oh, and he's really fit. So good. Good on you. So, Moving on from SRX, that was a lot of fun. It ended at nine o'clock sharp. Nice. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was all day. We were there from one o'clock to nine p.m., but we weren't out there in the sun all day. We did our autograph session. We got our bus back in the car and ate lunch, cold lunch. We ate. I mean, we drank really cold drinks and we refreshed our towels in the ice chest, and then we got back out there and uh, about twenty minutes before the outlaw feature which is a uh, kind of like a modified type thing. It was, yeah. It's like an outlaw late model yeah. where they don't go by late model rules, but they kind of have their own rules going on. Neat class, but one guy just stunk up the show and won it by half a lap near about. Oh. It was a 50-lap race. Yeah, was a, there was a bad hit between one of the, the women drivers in it, and uh, she got taken to the hospital, but I don't think it was as serious. I think she got taken to get checked out. You know, kind of that thing. Yeah. Um, because there wasn't a real big sense of urgency with it. Because you can tell. You can tell when you look at it. And I think she blew a right front tire and just went straight up into the wall. Because that's a fast racetrack. Yeah. If you look at any footage from Five Flags Speedway in Pensacola from the SRX race, it is a fast racetrack. Well, that's the and only those, way out. <laughs> well. I'm, I'm sorry. The outlaws actually are going faster than the SRX cars. Oh, really? Yeah, the SRX isn't hooked up for stuff like that. It's just oh. basically a NASCAR stock car, right? Oh, okay. You know, these local short track cars, they are made to go around these tracks and these oh. tracks only. Yeah, for sure. So their weights are all exactly where they need to be. They're, they're, everything is just set up exactly to go left on a small quarter mile to three quarter mile, high bank, flat, whatever, asphalt oval. Right. That's the whole point of their existence mm. is to turn left on asphalt. So they're flying around this thing. Like I said, faster than the SRX cars going. That was my SRX experience. I think it was so much fun. 
I hear they're coming back next year, but we don't really know for sure. The racing would bring them back, but the heat would keep them away. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that you went. Um, I'll have to go back and rewatch it because that's as close as I'm going to get from five flag speedway anytime soon. So yeah, that's, that's really I, cool, man. I know you can find the feature on YouTube and it's, I think it's like a 15 minute video or something like that. Hmm. I would go on YouTube and find the feature. Yeah. Cause the feature was fun. The heats were just what they were, but the feature was fun. There was a lot of really good racing up front in that feature. Um, I would check it out. I would go find it on YouTube. I just saw it come up the other day when I was yep. looking around on YouTube. So real quick, we're not going to go into deep with this. We're going to do this and, uh, you know, kayfabe here. We're going to take a break afterwards and come right back and you'll never know it. trucks at Knoxville. Yeah. So last year was a really big crap fest mm. with this track. Yeah. It seemed like they couldn't get a lap in without wrecking half the field. This race was not near as bad, but Fox was just as bad. Oof. Oh man. So you finally got to watch it all the way through. What's, what, what's your take on the truck race? You know, I sat there and watched it and then I'd get on Twitter and I would be like, wait a minute. Am I, you know, did my DVR not record parts of it or, you know, what's going on? Because I was seeing clips from fans who were actually in attendance of like major, you know, things happening that I didn't, I didn't see on the recording of on my DVR. I mean, like overall for what I saw for like being a dirt track fan, it was decent. It wasn't the best dirt track racing I've ever seen in my life, you know, but I mean, it was okay. It, you know, had kind of had drama. It kind of had, you know, a little bit of everything, but I mean, it was just, if I had a rated, just be like a, a solid, I don't know, like six out of 10. Yeah. It was mediocre. Yeah. It was a mediocre race. Not the best dirt track race ever for the trucks. I personally think Eldora puts on a much better show than Knoxville. Way better. Yeah. Uh, first off, shame on us for just completely not realizing that dirt trucks was coming on this weekend. Yeah. Last week on the show, we never <laughs> even mentioned it. Yeah. Shame on us. For sure. Yeah. Because you know? this is a really fun race. Like, absolutely. Like, every time, well, I'm not going to say every time NASCAR goes on dirt race and it's it's usually a lot of fun well, it's always interesting it's always interesting you know and it's all it's always going to be entertaining too so um i think for you and i this is a big race that we <laughs> kind of just mm -hmm. slept on but yeah. uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll try to do better next time <laughs> uh yeah next year i guess bristol's the next dirt race oh, oh come on it, it this year was fun oh. next year will be fun too they have yeah. a two years experience to get into it it'll, it'll be good whatever <laughs> it'd be good so yeah fox missed two really really big things in this race Wait, uh, two there was two uh what was one of them was uh i forget her first name jessica jessica okay uh that was her last name pierce freezing freezing i don't know why i think pierce <laughs> i got another dirt track racer in my mind like i yeah. know freezing is a dirt track racer but yeah. there's a pierce also in my mind for some reason it's a dirt track racer and i keep getting them mixed up but the sister of uh one of the other drivers out there she hit the berm on the inside and it's just really a big pile it's, of wait, dirt wait wait sister no, that's his. That's his wife. My okay. I don't. Sorry. Know. I don't know Sorry. these truck drivers. You're good. <laughs> You're good. I do not know truck drivers. Yeah. It's a, a female related to the other male driver that drives yeah. on dirt, and their specialty is dirt. Okay. Stuart Friesen drives the number fifty-two truck 
in NASCAR Camping World Truck it, Series. Yeah, you know, I heard that it was his wife. Now I think about it. <laughs> and then his wife, he was able to, because he owned and races his own truck team. He married and, a sister. <laughs> well, that's the most Alabama thing I've ever heard. Watch your mouth. <laughs> that's Mississippi, not Alabama. Oh, uh, okay. And they're cousins in Alabama, not sisters. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> There's actually historical reasons behind that, and that doesn't happen anymore. Just don't just just letting you know. There's actually historical things why that was a thing way back in the 1800s. I don't. You know what? This. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is so. Got to keep the land and the family, man. Land's important. <laughs> that's why it happened. I just if it ever happened, that's freaking... why. <laughs> Dang it! I just snorted on the podcast. Okay. I'm never going to deny that it actually happened. I mean, it's been gone with the wind, but that wasn't Alabama. That was Georgia. There's reasons why it happened. It's to keep the land and the family because they didn't want land falling into the hands of some Yankee. Oh my God. Right? So you keep it in the family. That's why it happened. And obviously uh, that doesn't happen now. It, it's a stereotype now because it happened almost 200 years ago. That doesn't happen now. But we still have that stereotype, don't we? Yes, we do. Hey, soda, soda, you're mm. doing it again. You're going on a tangent. <laughs> I don't care. I'll go on a tangent. I live. From, awesome. I live here. Let's <laughs> see. What was I talking about? <laughs> Jessica freezing. <laughs> so she hit a berm, right? Yeah. It's a big pile of dirt on the inside of the track. And when we saw it on the race on the on the broadcast, she was just she was just there. She stuck on it, and she was yeah. mad because the wreckers were pulling her out and not just pushing her off because she was losing laps. Right. Because the wreckers were taking too long to do this. And she's like, I can go. I just need to get off the berm. I can't get, get mm-hmm. me traction to get off the berm with. Well, come to find out, looking on Twitter and people in the fa- in the stands filming stuff, she rolled on that thing. Yeah. Fox had no clue for the longest. I think NBC actually acknowledged it before Fox did on Twitter. Yeah. That's embarrassing. That's, that's completely unacceptable. It's a half mile racetrack. And you can't have enough cameras to catch somebody flipping. Come on. You know. It was a soft roll. It wasn't like it was something nasty, but still, a truck got upside down. There's video proof of it out there. There's picture proof of it out there, but it sure ain't on Fox's end. And then later on, the uh, guy that they had jumped the restart uh, wrongly, by the way, he did not jump that restart. Was it Thad Moffat? Is that his name? Brett. Brett Moffat? Brett Moffat. Who's Thad? Is there a Thad somewhere? <laughs> yeah, Thad. Thad Moffitt is Richard Petty's grandson, and he was also racing, I think, the four. I don't know. I thought it was the 43. He, he wasn't in the 43. Oh, okay. Somebody else was in the 43. But one of those Moffat kids in the 22. They're not related, by the way. Okay. Well, why are they? This is so, I do not know trucks. <laughs> I'm not I'm not kidding. Like Chandler Smith and, and the other Smith. What's his name? Well, that's Smith. Yeah. Smith, there's like a million Smiths. Well, there could be a, a ninety-nine thousand Moffats out there. There's at least two different ones in trucks, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, here's old Jim Earnhardt, not related. Yeah. <laughs> Zane <on>. Smith, <laughs> Zane and Chandler Smith are not related. What am I do? doing here? Okay. You know that twenty-two car, truck, that twenty-two truck <laughs> yeah. that they said jumped the restart. That was wrong. That he did not jump the restart. Yeah. I whatever. Agree. That was a bad, bad call, and it cost him the race. He got put back in the field. He got into a crash with somebody else. I don't even know who it was up against the wall in turn one. Well, they didn't catch it, but come to find out, that 22 rode the fence all the way down to turn, turn one. Oh, really? Yeah, you can see that on Twitter, too. There's, uh, I think, maybe on YouTube once uh, a couple places. You can see them 
pile up into the uh, front straightaway wall and the 22 hops it. And you see Ooh. the bottom of his car riding the wall oh, until it I finally comes off. Yeah. Wow. Fox is just, they drop the ball Oof. big time. And I think a bunch of people are happy to see them go away. But they're going to stay with trucks, aren't they? I don't know. They don't usually know. do. I don't. I haven't heard anything this year, though. Usually they stay with trucks because trucks is usually just an FS1 thing. Right. But Xfinity and Cup go to NBC. That's what I, that's what I hear anyway. I guess we'll see if the trucks are on FS1 next week. We'll know. Yeah. So I got a question for you. What's, what's, what's your opinion on taking away Road America and adding a Chicago street course to the NASCAR Cup schedule? I do not like it. Not at all? No. Why? Not a fan of that. Um, for one, man, I love I love racing. I love oval racing. I have never, even as a kid, I've never been too fond of road courses. You know, I feel like if if you're really into road racing, then there's you know there's uh, Formula One, there's IndyCar, uh, rally cars, whatever. I'm into stock car racing right mm -hmm. so ovals is where it's at i'm not a big fan of road courses anyways and making it a, a chicago street course um is a really 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 cool idea and i love chicago i've been to chicago several times they have great pizza you know one of my favorite wrestlers is from chicago so i don't know it's just i it really bums me out that they want to do a Chicago street course when Chicagoland Speedway was perfectly fine. One of my favorite ovals because it was so oddly shaped. Why can't we just, why? Uh, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it. You know, um, you're going to put uh, a lot of equipment, a lot of really expensive equipment, um, you know, top tier racing superstars and i don't know where the street course is going to be but like you know i've not heard you know i chicago's definitely not the friendliest place right <laughs> like i mean let's just the thing is we drive by in the next car race <laughs> yeah you know i mean we were just i was just listening to a podcast and saying something about uh one of their friends was visiting in chicago and one car pulled up in front of him stopped and then two more you know what i mean like and then he just yeah. locked his doors and just kept on driving. It's like I heard the man. same podcast you did. Yeah, I heard you know, that. And it's yeah, it's like man, that that's scary. You know, for not only for like the NASCAR drivers, the 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 team, like just in um, I believe it was Sonoma. I was listening to Door Bumper Clear, and I guess like a lot of crew chiefs and a lot of um, uh, team like team members got robbed. Mm. <laughs> like right like i don't know uh they went to a hell or they went to an airport close to sonoma i don't know jeff celeste and scott they might be able to help me uh but like like 50 or 60 nascar personnel people got robbed at an airport you think that we're gonna, <laughs> i mean i don't know i don't quite understand like the thought process of okay you know the safety you know there's i'm sorry but there's gun control issues you know what i mean like i don't know yeah, Maybe I, I'm hear just, you. I hear you there's a really a really high rate of that kind of stuff in chicago yeah and i just i would really i don't want amazing athletes such as nascar drivers going and kind of putting themselves in harm's way where just for me to be entertained 
I don't so like that. you're not what first off personal feelings i feel like a street course would look absolutely amazing it would look fantastic to see drivers with the nascar stock cars driving with the huge with the backdrop of the huge buildings of down of being downtown right. city oh Whether, yeah you know chicago whatever chicago new york los angeles wherever you go i mean right. houston wherever which when you go downtown and see all these huge buildings and backdrop is something completely unique that is not nascar and it would be so. interesting it would be really interesting to watch and i'd watch the mess out of it I, I don't it probably wouldn't be the best race ever uh in fact the the sim race they had there during the uh covid year that was right. boring yeah that one guy won by like 60 seconds or something like that yeah it was like, <laughs> it was boring i mean it was interesting from the fact that oh we could be doing this one day and you're like oh we could be doing this one day yeah but like I said, I'd watch it. You'd be more in favor of getting rid of Road America, not for the Chicago Street Course, but to bring back Chicago Land. Absolutely. You know, 100%. that's a possibility. Have what? you heard that's a possibility? No. Yeah. Is it? So then when we first started this podcast, I saw a story, you know, the only stories I ever saw was Chicago Land was pretty much demolished. It's, it's going to be demolished. It's done. Somebody bought the land up. It was like, well, turns out NASCAR still owns this land. Oh, and they have started hiring people for upkeep on that track. <gasps> it won't be next year, probably, but pretty soon they're probably going to be racing back there. I'll tell you what, I I love this, you know, and to to steal a line from Fully Posable with Scott, like this is such a good freaking time <laughs> to be in a racing or a NASCAR fan, man. Like my local dirt track here in Humboldt Speedway, like. Man, the last I think four last four or five weeks I've went has just been amazing, absolute awesome racing. And now, like maybe for like some of us central livers, we don't you know we don't have the opportunity to to drive an hour to Atlanta or you know two hours to Sonoma or whatever the case may be. Man, this is fun because I can have Kansas Speedway, Iowa Speedway, Mid Ohio, Texas Motor Speedway, Gateway. You know, like this is really fun. And then I didn't even realize when we were talking about Knoxville, um, mm -hmm. the dirt track, I thought I was in Knoxville, Tennessee. A lot of people do. And I always thought Knox it was. Knoxville, Iowa. And Iowa, I will I will absolutely drive there. That's not that bad. Will you drive I'll for a truck? Yeah. Race there? Yeah. At a, at a dirt track? Absolutely. Heck yeah, I will. Where's Eldora at? It's in Ohio. Ohio. Okay. I knew it was yeah. up there in the Midwest because the kind hey, of dirt they used. We can go to Ohio or we can go to Eldora and then go see um, Drew Vinsel. And I uh, thought you were going to say an Ohio State game. I don't know why my mind went there. And I was like, there's no chance you're ever going to catch me at an Ohio State game. I don't even know what that is. Ohio State, college football. Oh, college football. Okay. I don't know why my mind went there. And he said, hey, we can go there. And then we can go to, um, and I said, oh, you're not going to tell me to go to an Ohio State game because that's not going to happen. No. Travis Fowler and uh, Drew Vinsel. And I think, uh, well, there's so many Ohio players. Good Lord. There is. So Chicagoland is a possibility. That's probably, it's more than likely now because it was a local story that broke it. That Hey, this is actually kind of going to come back. Cool. So I'm here for it. The Let's local it. news tends to be more reliable than national news when it comes to that kind of thing in their own backyard. Yeah. So I guess look out for it probably in 2024. I'm thinking Ooh, I'll be there. 
So we have a few questions that we yes. pushed off to this week. We um, thought there wouldn't be much to talk about, and we were wrong. We were wrong. But let's go ahead and do these questions anyway, since you didn't watch Cars 3. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Next week, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> I'll I'll have to think of another excuse, but yeah, we'll we can play on next week. Yeah, just saying you forgot it is two in a row now. So let's not <laughs> let's not use forgot it again. Okay. All right. The sun <laughs> is gonna get in my eyes. So uh every question we have is from Tales from the Estate. I love it. Yes. I I love the fact that we're getting people in the NASCAR. Yes, I am too. I love that's it. I mean, that's your whole goal, right? Your whole goal is to get people interested in what you like and what you're interested yeah. in and what you like talking to people about. And and when it's something like NASCAR, right now, it hasn't always been that way, but right now it's a kind of a niche audience. Right. And to kind of stretch that out a little bit, that's that's a lot of fun. Uh, creates a whole new, new side of you. They got four from Drew here and then one from Caitlin for both of us. So really fast, I just want to preference this by saying, I listen to these guys' podcast every single time they drop a new episode, but I have completely forgotten all of these, <laughs> I got all of these questions. So thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> we have four total from, from Drew, but actually one's for you and one's for me. So you have three, I have three. Okay, cool. First off for both of us, what area or state of the country that does not have a racetrack in NASCAR do you want to see get a racetrack? Ooh. I have okay. one right off the bat. Okay, go. Louisiana. I'd love to see New Orleans hmm. get a racetrack because it's three hours away from me. Whether it's a street course like we were talking about or oh. it, it, I don't think they're, they have a road course out there, but I don't think it's really suited for something like NASCAR. Right. But if they could build a racetrack and maybe like Slidell, and it would oh. basically be New Orleans because Slidell is just across the bay. Like New Orleans would be the backdrop. That's what they would cut, like Joliet, yeah. Joliet, Illinois, yeah. instead of Chicago, because Chicago land is in Joliet, right? Right. So it would be something like that. Slidell is maybe yeah. 20 minutes away from New Orleans. And that's and that's what they did at uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway. Mm -hmm. It's actually in Concord, yeah. which is twenty minutes away. Yeah, so, and yeah. Atlanta's in Hampton. Oh, yeah, exactly. They're they're all like that. Like Talladega's Talladega, but it's actually really close to Birmingham. That's the whole point of putting it there. It's like forty minutes away from Birmingham. That's what they do to these big racetracks like that. If they could put a a NASCAR track in Slidell, Louisiana, yeah, and it would be a good uh, fall race, I believe, or mm -hmm. you know, close to being winter almost, like a like a late October, early November race. I don't think you'd want to go there in the summer and springtime is tornado weather for us. So I think fall would be your best bet as long as LSU is not playing that weekend or the saints. <laughs> Dude, you're talking about tornadoes. Hello. <laughs> I live in the wizard of Oz. I understand, um, but we do too in the spring. <laughs> we, we literally had like one every week. There was a tornado through. warning. Um, to that, uh, October, 2021, uh, Kansas Speedway cup race. <laughs> Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> I don't know. You could always work around that kind of stuff, though. Yeah, for but sure. I think New Orleans, Louisiana would be a really interesting place. And what a culture to bring NASCAR to. Oh, be, yeah, for sure. Can you imagine the paint paint schemes and like all the Mardi Gras festivities and the heck, the whole wall might be checkered or, or striped in purple, gold and green. Right. You know, it would be so unique. That'd be really cool. What about you? Alaska. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, how is that not the first thing that pops in your head? Because Louisiana pops in my head. That was the absolute first thing that popped in my head. Like, no hesitation. I heard the question. I was like, Alaska, for sure. 
I'm, I mean, you want to talk about something completely different, you know, uh, now I've never been to Alaska. I have a couple friends who's been from Alaska. I heard that like for like six month periods, uh, it's like completely dark. Mm -hmm. Like they never see sunlight ever. So well, I don't know what part of the year that is, but if it falls in NASCAR season, let's go there for a night race, but it's actually daytime. Well, see, I, I think, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that not the coolest concept ever? It's different. I'll give you that. It's different. I, I don't think it's as clear cut as like half the year it's dark and half the year is bright. I think it's more oh. like it's a gradual thing. Like you get you get so many hours of sunlight and just a little bit of, of nighttime, and then it starts gradually going the other way. We get so many hours of day of nighttime and just maybe an hour or two of sunlight, and then it goes all dark, and maybe it goes all dark all day, but then it starts gradually going back the other way. I don't think it's as clear cut as like six and six you know what i mean like just well, boom yeah. all of a sudden now it's gonna be light the whole time <laughs> well that's how it is on daylight saving time whatever it's called but uh, uh that'd be interesting uh, uh, ice road trucking all the way up there with your nascar cup haulers yeah that would be so much fun i think but okay if you i have a perfect <laughs> answer for this and i'm sure okay. you do too if you had a time machine and you could go back and be in attendance at any one race in history what would it be Oh, oh shoot can you go first uh yeah yeah for sure um homestead miami speedway 2015 that's oh, so a kyle, kyle championship yeah his first ever nascar cup series championship i i would do anything in this universe to go back to that moment yeah so it's funny we actually both pick a season ending race that's funny of the 30 to 36 races or however many, depending on what year you're looking at. And sometimes yeah. more than that back in the sixties, we actually both picked the very last race of the season. Really? Mine is the 1992 Hooters 500. Oh yeah. That is the famous one from Atlanta where it was Richard Petty's very last race. It was Jeff Gordon's very first race and you had six people going for a championship. Yeah. And I, don't don't quote me on every single one of them here, but I think it obviously it was Alan Kowicki, Davy Allison, and Bill Elliott because Davy was leading coming into it, and Alan Kowicki was actually third coming into it. And I think it was Earnhardt, Kyle Petty, and Mark Martin. I think those six had a mathematical shot at winning the championship. Sounds right. It sounds like it should be right, right? Yeah, I believe that's who it was. But realistically, it was three. It was Davy. All he had to do was finish six, and all he had to do was finish six. That's a tough order, but his car was good enough. If he wasn't wrecking, he was finishing at a top five. That's right. just why he was that close in points because he would always, he'd have such a rough year in 92. Somebody go back on YouTube and look at, there's all sorts of documentaries about Davies' 1992 season. It's incredible the things he went through in 1992. Uh, maybe one day we'll do a whole show on something like that or a good segment of oh, a yeah. show on something like that because I could talk about Davy forever. He all he had to do was finish sixth. He crashed. Ernie Irvin spun out right in front of him and collected him. And he crashed. That ruined his championship. And everybody was like, "Well, he's young. He'll he'll be in plenty more battles." And we wound up dying in April the next or June the next year. Yeah. Then you had Richard Petty crash at the beginning of that race, and he went out in a big ball of fire, like the car was on fire, and he pulled it right over there to the uh, fire trucks and got out of the car. And mm -hmm. everybody was like, "Well, that's the veteran for you. He's he knows he's on fire. He pulls right down to the fire trucks and got out." Unless them put the fire out because they didn't have a bunch of trucks the way they do nowadays following these cars with fire or self 
self igniting fire extinguishers in the cars. They didn't have all that. You know, you, you're the crew got out there when they could, but they all raced back to caution. So they waited till everybody got done racing the caution before they got out there. So right. he just drove it to the fire trucks, but he come out and finished that race. That crew worked on that car the whole race. And he went out with about three laps to go. So he was running at the end of that race. And then they, after the race was over with, they did the, uh, the parade lap with them to the uh, mm -hmm. song written by Alabama called the fan really, really awesome moment. I mean, they went all out on the tribute with him. It's just a shame. The car was missing the front end. Look like a modified out there, but it was, it's a battle worn Richard Petty out there making his final run. Right. So it was really mm -hmm. cool. Like I said, Jeff Gordon started his very first race. He finished somewhere in the twenties that notable that Jeff Gordon starts his first one. When the King goes away, very, very interesting that happened together like that. And then you yeah. had Bill Elliott now in Kawiki racing for that championship. And it came down to a fuel stop and laps led because back then you got five bonus points for leading the lap, five bonus points for leading the most laps. And them two were battling to see who would lead the most laps because that five points will determine the champion here. It was the right. closest one in NASCAR history at the time. And literally Alan Kowicki beat him in laps led by one lap, one lap. He stayed out on the racetrack an extra like four or five laps after Bill Elliott pitted. I mean, stretching that fuel, hoping he didn't run out of gas. It wasn't, it's not, no, no, nowhere near exact as it is nowadays, as far as like the calculations go. Talk about 1992. There were actually plenty of times where they were racing for the lead and Uncle Wiki would beat him by a hair and then Bill Elliott would beat him by a hair. They were side by side racing for the lead. If any one of those would have turned out differently, Bill Elliott would be a champion. Right. If Bill Elliott had gotten the extra bonus points, they would have tied for the championship. And Bill Elliott would have got the tiebreaker because he had the most wins that year. But Alan Kowicki won it. He got the championship because he led one more lap than Bill Elliott did. So he got the extra five points. I think he won by, I don't know if he exactly how much he won by, five or six points, something like that. Maybe it was five points exactly. No, I don't know exactly how much it was. But it was under 10 points that he won by. I think it was just that one spot. Because if he had finished one spot back, that would have been completely different too. Because right. Bill Elliott won the race. Alan Kowicki finished second, won the championship. Of course, we lost Alan Kowicki the next April. So two of those top three, we lost. And then Richard Petty retired. Jeff Gordon's coming in. Bill Elliott wins a race. Alan Kowicki wins the championship. Just a big, big red-letter moment in NASCAR. Like one of the most historically significant races in NASCAR history. That's a long-winded answer, and we said we wouldn't do that. <laughs> but that race is so dang important. Yeah, it really is. And I would have loved to have been there. Yeah. This next question is for you. All right. Hypothetically, and I know the answer. I don't even know why I'm asking. Hypothetically, if you were a NASCAR driver, what would you want the main sponsor to be? Ooh. Um, oh, wow. Um, how, so how did you not just immediately say what I think think thought you were gonna say? What interstate batteries? No. Oh rowdy energy. I could have swore you were gonna say rowdy energy. No, I okay, I mean, go for it. Well, who, who's your sponsor? So definitely interstate batteries, because I don't know why. Um I was <sighs> Bobby Labonte was like my was my dude, and he drove the number eighteen Interstate Battery, Joe Gibbs Racing, you know, uh, Chevy, and then JJ Yaley, and then it was Kyle Busch. So no, like Bobby Labonte was my guy though, and that like that green just like pops, and you mm -hmm. knew exactly what car that was, and that was Bobby Labonte, you know. So I think Interstate Battery plus, you know. They've obviously showed like loyalty. Yeah. You know, 30 years to to Joe Gibbs. It'll be 31 this year. Uh yeah, I think that awesome. And like interstate battery paint schemes are always super fun. Actually, my 
uh, phone background, just like the, my phone wallpaper is like the uh, 2022 uh, Kyle Busch Interstate Battery Next Gen car. But yeah, I think I don't know. Yeah, definitely Interstate Battery. Does your town have any of those Interstate Battery trucks that are painted up just like the race car? No. Oh God, mine does. Maybe not Atmore specifically where I live, but um some of the towns around me you see them occasionally and they're still painted yeah. up like the old 19 uh 97 scheme yeah uh it's well that means you call it the 1990 <laughs> you call it the 1997 scheme i'm gonna call it kyle bush's throwback okay but <laughs> well, but yeah i, I was there exactly. for the original pal okay <laughs> I, I, was I, I lived it you, you yeah you were mm-hmm. you were crawling around I, yeah i was <laughs> i lived that junk I remember Bobby Bonnie winning his first race. Yeah. The dude. 1995 oh. Coca Cola 600. He's so cool. I'm a part of that. Dude. No, Gordon won the 94. Bobby Bonnie won 95. I didn't get asked that question, but I'm going to answer it anyway. STP. Ooh, that's a good one. Because I always love the STP cars. Yeah, for sure. Okay. This one is specifically for me. All right. Because uh, Drew apparently thinks I'm this NASCAR historian. And this is a very obscure question here. What is your favorite Mike Skinner moment? I love this. This is why Drew Vinsel, like, he is my guy. You know what, though? I, I, love I came up with two right off the top of my head. Okay. So I guess I am kind of an NASCAR historian. Uh, the first one was uh, one day, I, I don't know the track. I think it was Atlanta because it was early in the year. He won an expen- or a bush race back then. He celebrated by cutting through the grass. <laughs> and he got fined for ripping up the grass. <laughs> Because it was a Saturday before the cup race. Yep, and you can't you can't replace all those sponsor logos and yep. the grass before the cup race the next day. And they, they find his, his butt. <laughs> anyway, he got so mad about that. I was like, oh, I just won the race. I was just having fun. He's like, Nope, sorry. Find you twenty five thousand dollars or whatever it was back then. Oh, I thought I thought that was so funny. The first thing that really comes to mind when I think Mike Skinner is a truck series, and yes, it isn't even like his later truck series career. It's the very first truck season. Oh, 1995 was the very first truck series race. It was the super trucks back then. That's what they called the NASCAR super truck series. Mike Skinner landed a ride with Richard Childress. He was driving the black Dale Earnhardt lookalike number three, and he won eight out of 20 races that year dominated the points and he was he is your first ever nascar champion in the truck series that's what i think of with mike skinner because he made that series boring that first year yeah he dominated it that's what i think of with mike skinner just he's the most dominant truck driver i think when it comes to a single season in history as far as in my opinion he is because i remember watching that season when it happened and it was a given that he was going to win he won almost half the races man yeah, I actually had that dive cast. Those trucks are a lot different back then, huh? Oh, they're ugly. They boxy. Big Ooh, they're boxes. Ugly. Boxes riding around. Oh. Yeah, I had a bunch of the uh, original 164 scales because they would pop up in stores at Walmart and stuff. 95, that's when they started adding rubber tires. And uh, yeah. well, they, they had rubber tires on the Premier cars before then, but a lot of the regular runs of cars, they started actually putting rubber tires and clear windows where you could actually see inside the cars. Yeah. And then the cars didn't match up with the old ones you were running because they were bigger and bulkier because Oof. they had more pieces inside of them and you could see inside yeah. of them. And the other ones were blacked out windows and it was really aggravating and cool at the same time. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so Caitlin asked a loaded question and I thought it would be loaded. And then I came up with it one in like two minutes. Uh, build an all time dream field for a race using anyone in history. 
Yes, I have been ready for this question. You have not. For all of two minutes. <laughs> you were up to 20 when we started the podcast. Yeah. It took, you're going to have a completely different list than me because oh, yeah. I think yours are going to be a lot. Uh, and this isn't necessarily like the best drivers in history. This is more like who you, you want to see in the race. Right. Yeah. So I, I kind of built this, my answer to this as like a fantasy all your favorites not necessarily like the greatest of all time mm -hmm. just a whole field of who i would like to see from past present and even possibly future and see i looking back on it, i probably would change a few uh, two of them uh i would probably take a couple of uh a couple of these people out and put in kyle petty and adam petty because i think having all four petties in one race would be amazing yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I actually, I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to take out a couple of them here. I'm going to take Tim Flock out and put in Kyle Petty, and I'm going to take Benny Tim Parsons Tim. out. Oh, I went back now. <laughs> Benny Parsons, I'm going to take him out and put him in Adam Petty. These are. This is like I want to see drivers go against certain drivers that never got to go against these drivers before. Right. Right. Because I know the history of all this. My list, real quick, because I'm going to rack rack them off here. Forty. Just of them. rack them. Yeah. Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Junior Johnson, Kale Yarbrough, Bill Elliott, Davey Allison, Bobby Allison, Kyle Busch, Mark Martin, Tony Stewart, Fred Lorenzen. I, I'm back there. Fireball Roberts, David Pearson, Harry Gant, Daryl Waltrip, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Casey Kane, Terry Labonte, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Neil Bonnet, Ned Jarrett. Now, Tim Flock, we're replacing with Kyle Petty. Dale Jarrett, Lee Petty, Bobby Labonte. Rusty Wallace, Alan Kowicki, Buddy Baker, Tim Richmond, one of the best drivers ever when it comes to NASCAR. Ernie Irvin, Bobby Isaac. Yeah, Bobby Isaac. Ryan Newman, Kevin Harvick, Ricky Rudd, Sterling Marlin, replacing Benny Parsons with Adam Petty, and A.J. Foyt. That is a, oh. that is a list. Jeez Louise. Okay, so Tim Richmond did I did not put on my list, but I really, really, really want to put him. He's in one of the most list. exciting drivers to watch. Yes. Ever in the history I, of oh, racing. He is so cool. Am I am I reading mine off now? Go for it. All right. Oh man. See how much I different really, it is of mine. Hang on. Let me uh let me change someone else. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna change him out and I'm gonna put Tim Richmond. Well, I just did two changes off the top of my head right now, so it makes okay. sense. Awesome. So it doesn't go by like I don't start with the people that I want. It's not in any sort of particular order. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay here's my field. I love this. Okay. Kyle Bush. Mm -hmm. Obviously. Ty, <laughs> Ty Gibbs. <laughs> Go for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kyle Bush. Ty Gibbs. Bobby Labonte. Dale Sr. Dale Jr. <laughs> Terry Labonte. Richard Petty. Jeff Gordon. Tony Stewart. Buckshot Jones. Buckshot Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Johnson, Casey Kane, Jimmy Spencer, Jimmy Spencer. Rusty Wallace. Jimmy Spencer's what? a good one. Jimmy Spencer, I yeah. didn't put him on mine, but he's not one of the best of all time, but he's fun. He's a lot of fun to watch. I get I get I got I get that one. Jimmy Spencer, Rusty Wallace, Kenny Wallace, Denny mm -hmm. Hamlin, Jeremy Mayfield, <laughs> uh Clint Boyer, Ross Chastain, Martin Truex Jr., Brian Vickers, Lee Petty, Red Farmer. Red Andy Farmer, good, good call, Red Farmer. Yeah, Andy Hillenberg, Adam Petty, Kurt Busch, Dale Jarrett, Tim Richmond, Ricky Rudd, 
uh, Ryan Blaney, Noah Gregson, Justin Algeyer. <laughs> I murdered his last name. <laughs> Scott Riggs, Johnny Vincent, <laughs> uh, Bill Elliott, Chase Elliott, Dave Blaney, Travis Pastrana. Yeah, okay. Ken That's... Trader and Ernie Irvin. I thought about putting Ken Trader in there, but there's so much else going on in my list. I just yeah. like he's not the most exciting driver or the most interesting. He's just a good guy, and he was there actually signing autographs at SRX. So funny Ken Trader uh, story. I I met Ken Trader uh, and Kenny Wallace the same night uh, at my local dirt track. <laughs> Now, my mom's going to be really upset that I'm actually saying this story. <laughs> my mom, my mom low key has like the biggest crush on Ken Trader, but like, you know, the whole thing. Um, it was, I don't know, like, I'll just leave it as that. But yeah, we got to meet him at Humboldt Speedway and my mom geeking out. It was awesome. Um, if it was Happy Father's so Day, by the way, Dad. <laughs> if it wasn't so hot, we would have went back up there and met Ken Schrader, but we were just on the actual racetrack with no shade, nothing but asphalt around right. us for like an hour. We we're like, we're done. We're just going to the, we're going to the car and cooling off because there's no way we're going to be able to hang, hang, handle this anymore. But I didn't have anything to get signed anyway. They had a little place out front that was selling diecast, like some old diecast, and they were relatively cheap. I showed you the Clifford Allison I bought for five bucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Clifford Allison, brother Davey Allison, died in 1992. This is like a 1994 memorial car of him. And really neat. I mean, it's, it's a cool piece in the Allison collection, you know? I'm all about right. some Allison stuff. Uh, just another part of Davey's crazy 1992, where his brother dies on the racetrack at Michigan, I believe. But they had a Ken Schrader hauler there. The nice. old uh, number 25 without the sponsor on the side of it because you can't put that kind of you can't put tobacco sponsor on the side with the children's toy i thought about getting that and i was like well all i have is either a black sharpie or a silver sharpie and it's not going to look good on that yeah that this one needs paint yeah on the side of it if you're going to get it signed and at the same time it the box was looked like it'd been through it so i was like i'm just not gonna bother i'm not gonna bother with it because it it would have been cool but the box was completely destroyed and i wouldn't have opened it Maybe I would have got opened him going to actually sign the hauler, though. I should have done that, looking back at it. Because he could have signed the side of the hauler on the white hauler in black Sharpie, and it would have stayed pretty good. Yeah. Looking back at it, now we're going to go. By the way, we appreciate the questions. It, they're so much fun because we can get on some crazy tangents with that. We just went 35 yes. minutes on questions. Yes. And, I mean, it was a good little bit of questions, but you saw what I did with that one in, with the 1992 uh, Hooters 500. Right. We could do that on every single one of them if we didn't rush ourselves through. No joke. But we, I love them. I love them. I, do I, too. I, ho I hope uh, at least uh, Tales from the Estate brings questions every week. I hope more yeah, people do, but I hope we at least get some from them every single week because it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Don't put that much pressure on them. Come on. <clears> like, hey, you're going to scare them away. Questions or stop listening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> It's like a scared cat. This is like our first like interaction with like you know like fan, well, fans, but like friends. Yeah, like, you don't want to just like baby your questions. You got hi, hey. Well, I told you, you I'm, I'm all into the podcast now too. So you know we're all into each other's podcasts. We're just you know yeah, patting ourselves on the back each each other. No, but absolutely. Like I am so excited that Drew is like super into it. Um, you know, funny story about Drew. 
Um, when I first kind of saw him coming around the, the Twitter world, you know, I I almost didn't like him. And I don't I had no reason not to. I just like he's a really good looking dude. I'm just gonna say that, right? He's a real he's a stud muffin, okay? And then he's like the nicest human being ever. And it's like, okay, now I'm just like kind of intimidated by how how super awesome this guy is. So then I just never felt like I was cool enough to talk to him. And then <laughs> I don't know. And then like we started like tweeting each other, and I was like, this is a cool dude. I want to hang out with this dude. God. And now I, like we Snapchat each other all the time. I never got that treatment. Yeah. Well, that never was too intimidated to talk to me. Goodness gracious. Anyway. I've heard stories about <laughs> Drew, and I think you have too. <laughs> no, seriously, uh, I love the questions. Uh, yeah, they're awesome. I'm going to move on. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to preview Nashville. The greatest prayer in the history of NASCAR happened at this track, and yep. it was shared on our uh, in the Marbles uh, Facebook page. Uh, probably will come up on this podcast at some point if I can get it the audio right. It, absolutely will. Yeah, if I can get the audio right on it, when I, I'll try to. You'll know if it happened or not. I'll put it into the front of the podcast. I'll be cold open to the show. I hope I hope the audio works out for it. But uh, I was guys so funny. I crack up every time. My kids heard it for the first time today. I played it for them because you shared that on your I Facebook. I did, yeah. And I shared your post on our Facebook. I played that for my kids for the first time today. And when it got to the point where he said, I want to thank God for my smoking hot wife, Lisa, my, my son, my oldest son just looked at me. His eyes got real big. <laughs> Yeah, no. yeah, he said that. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man, what a funny, funny prayer, and not even sacrilege either. It, I feel like it's a uh, a it. This guy was a, a local pastor that was so so much of a fan, and he was having the time of his life, and he was so pumped and ready to for that race, and he was going to say yeah. the best prayer. He was going to thank God for absolutely everything that encompasses entire fandom right then and there and i love that you could you could just you just fed off of his passion for the yeah. sport and i wish everybody would be that passionate about it for sure nashville is relatively new to the cup scene it's been uh, a staple in the uh xfinity and trucks too am i correct on that yes but fairly new to the cup scene this is what their second straight year yeah yep this weekend will be their second year who won it last year? I think it was Kyle Larson, right? Kyle Larson in that beautiful Valvoline red and white paint scheme. Yeah, Mark Martin's paint schemes are better. But it's, you know, it's cool. I'm yeah. not going to disagree. Yeah, it is. You know, I like the red, white, and blue. Yeah, Stripes I a lot better than that red. I think it was like reds. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, we're going to get into picks for this race. Uh, do you have anything specific to talk about the racetrack itself? I really don't have anything other than it's uh, uh, another mile and a half. It's just really, really, really hard to win there in the new NASCAR ignition game. It w I had to buy a new freaking controller because of that racetrack. Ignition? Stupid. Yeah. You, you, so you did buy the new game. I didn't know if you wound up buying a new oh, game. Oh, yeah. I, I bought the new game, and I, I gave it a solid six months, but I'm back to NASCAR Heat 5 because I actually want don't want to waste my time. So I yeah. saw play, like the actual play footage of people playing that game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, it looks like an arcade game. It's uh, I mean, like NASCAR Heat 5 is semi simulator. Yeah. It handles so well. I mean, it's not the I don't think it's the most um, you know, amazing, realistic NASCAR game ever of now NASCAR games. But I definitely do. I don't I don't think it is. I think NASCAR Racing 2003 is personally. But for consoles, it's one of the top two or three. 
easily yeah. if it's not number one. It's one of the top two or three. Yeah. Uh, it all depends on how things drive and how they uh, interact with everything else anyway. But NASCAR Ignition just looked God, it looked like something you play in a. It like it looked like the game that we played that I showed you a, a few weeks ago at that bowling alley. Yeah, that's what it. Yeah, looked like. that's exactly what it is too. Yeah, people were. I mean, you just anyway. Let's not get in that stupid. Game. I don't even have that <laughs> game. Okay, I, yeah. I saw the previous reviews <laughs> on that game. I said, nope. I'm just yeah, going to move along. We are going to start this week not picking anybody we have already picked twice. Once you pick somebody twice, you're out. Gosh dang it! I. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to say I cannot pick Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, Austin Sendrick. Believe it or not, I picked him twice. Kyle Larson and Ross Chastain. I cannot pick those guys. I don't want to. I have the rest of the field, though. I think, uh, and I'm going first because I did finish two spots ahead of you last time. I think it was a 17th and a 19th. I can still pick Kyle Busch. Yep, you can. I'm going to pick Kyle Bush to hold the guitar. That's my pick. Let awesome. Let me write Good this pick. down. Now you can't use him, right? Now I can't the use him. That's it. That's my second Kyle Bush pick. I got to readjust. Oh, my. Do you my want to buttons. know the people you cannot pick? Oh, yeah. I, I have to. <laughs> so, because I, oh, no. Kyle Bush, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick, Ryan Blaney, oh, and Martin Truex. Oh my goodness. You have some doozies oh. up, up front that you cannot Ooh. pick. This is why you're ahead of me because you keep picking these people. Yeah. Over and over. <laughs> That's exactly what I was doing too. Oh no. This is horrible. Okay. I don't know. I have no idea who to pick right now. Um, you picked well, Kyle. Bush. You want me to go through some of them that aren't those that you picked? No. Um, oh, never mind. I can't. Almondinger. That's the only one you picked that you. So far this year that you can still pick again. You you have picked Oof. those six guys in every single race except for last. I, <laughs> I have absolutely uh, worked myself in a hole here. Uh, and this was your know, idea. This is my idea. I am an idiot. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go. Oof, oof, oof. <laughs> oh shoot, Austin Dillon. That is a pick right there. We were all going to have yeah. to pick people like that pretty soon. Austin Gosh. Dillon. Oh, Lord have mercy. Watch him go and win the race. Yeah. I'll put Kyle Busch on the on the uh, list of people I can't pick anymore. I didn't realize that was literally the only ones you've ever picked. Those ones I that didn't... you can't pick, those are the only ones you ever pick all, <laughs> all the time. Oh, you picked Kyle Busch five times. Yeah, I know I did. <laughs> I know for a fact I did. Oh yeah, that's you just made this a lot more interesting. Oh yeah, for sure. It's gonna be interesting. No, no, no more of this. Both of us finishing the top two, top two or three. That ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna need to get out of here. We uh, we got a long show right here. We're gonna go ahead and throw it on to the uh, podcast drafting partners. Uh, first off, fully postable wrestling figure podcast. Great guys uh, with Jeff and Scott. I listen to the show every week. Always interact with them. Just a great show. Also, uh, Drunk Wrestling History, a show spawned kind of from, not really from that, but from Scott, one half of it. A not family friendly, definitely don't don't bring, don't take your kids to that one. Uh, it's like an independent wrestling show. Don't take your kids to that. Right. <laughs> just, just leave that to the grown-ups. Uh, they're not always accurate, but they're always drunk. 
it's a really fun listen. Uh, doing the favor, go check out their uh, back catalog of uh, shows right now. Can't wait to hear some new stuff from them. Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, weekly show, maybe not even weekly. Uh, I think it's just whenever they get around to recording an episode. Honestly, it could be more in, more in a week. It could be a week or two. I don't know. They don't have a set schedule. It doesn't feel like, but they're always doing some really really fun events that they go back and uh, watch and talk about. I want to throw it out to Jason Wolf, amazing artist guy that uh owns the the wolf chop shop you have to be an exclusive it's an exclusive club you gotta be a member to to maybe get some custom hasbro style action figures and he may be opening up a spot here pretty soon i would follow art of jason wolf on twitter i would follow him Heck yeah and if anything you can see some really awesome things he's done in the past and sketches and even maybe open up he might open up commissions where he can do something for you and your show or anything, whatever you have going on. Uh, I also want to throw it out to Big Underscore Bane and his music. Music is coming pretty soon. He's in the middle of it. Can't wait for the new stuff. And Outsiders Beard Co. It's a company of his that makes beard bombs, beard oil, scented candles, and great products. I use them all the time. I use them Saturday. I use them Sunday going to church. I use them every weekend pretty much. I, you know, personally, I cannot wait for his new albums. I, know. I have been bumping his music and I am ready for it. Yes. Give it. I want I want <laughs> something I want something to replace Freaks as my favorite song. I think I think this will be the album that has that that song on it for sure. Well, who do you have for uh Drafting Partners? For one, do you think do you think Jason Wolf would ever like consider doing an Kyle Bush Elite? An elite. Well, see, yeah. you gotta find the you gotta find somebody that's got a full suit. Okay, we can do that. MVP. Mm, I just I don't know. On. I don't and know like how that would like work. The, the Eminem's fire suit, and then just <laughs> well, like I, you know what? I would literally pay him so much money. Like how much ever man, money he needed. Damn him. Um, well, I don't have money right now. <laughs> Gosh, maybe <laughs> I'm a millionaire. No, I would really want that though. Um, okay, so some of my drafting partners, uh, definitely uh, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Love those guys over there. One professional wrestler and one rapper, friends since the seventh grade, get together and talk everything movies, comics, professional wrestling, and anything that makes you say WTF. I love that podcast so much. It's always fully posable, and then you know, BBPH. Back and forth, back and forth. You know, I love that. Brian Breaker also has a side project called, you know, it's fake, right? Brian Breaker goes in-depth conversation with professional wrestlers, referees, managers, fans, and anyone that has pro wrestling ties for an interactive, insightful conversation and an, am an amazing podcast. I absolutely love Brian Breaker. We were both uh, guests on that uh, podcast, so go back and check that out. Uh, no Holds Barred with Bill Benis. Billy B, uh, get ready for some no holds barred action with your host, the legend, the legendary Bill Benis and his co-host Bane, as they bring you the most insightful pro wrestling podcast ever. And then you can't, for, you can never forget about Tales from the Estate. We love these guys over here. Oh my gosh! Uh, join Drew and his wife Caitlin as they take you on a magical trip of gut. Busting laughter, head scratching random facts, and their favorite, their top five favorite things. That that category could go from candy bars to monster, you know, energy drinks to 
whatever they can think of. Uh, also, go check out Pulling Up a Chair with our friend Tim, a podcast uh, spotlighting anyone who loves pro wrestling figures, including customizers, creators, collectors, and people that are actually in the business. And I'll tell you what, I have read that, you know, all this stuff before, but I have never read it with so many people texting me <laughs> while I'm trying to read it. Uh, anyway, I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show. It was a long one. We didn't mean for it to be as long for an off week, but I thought we had a lot of fun. Uh, please go in and rate and review us on iTunes and anywhere you listen. We'd love to get some reviews. We don't have any reviews. Uh, we have some ratings and, you know, some good, a lot of them good. One, you know, dummy that gave us a one star, but that's fine. What, we're not everybody's cup of tea. That's fine. Uh, he's just a dummy. Follow us on all our social media, Twitter and Instagram at In the Marbles Pod, and you can find us on Facebook. You can no longer listen to the show there, but you can find a link to it every single week. I'll post it there on Facebook. And you can also email the show at InTheMarblesPod at gmail.com. And also, if you go to Whatamaneuver, I always mess that up. Is this hard to say? If you go to Whatamaneuver.net and spell it right, not like me. I usually don't spell it right. Whatamaneuver.net and go up in the top left corner and hit the search by store tab. You can scroll down to In the Marbles. There's where you'll find our designs. Right now, it's just one. It's called Allison. It's a throwback Davy Allison design, which I got a lot of compliments on this week at SRX. I didn't mention that earlier, but I wore the Davy Allison hat and that shirt with that exact paint scheme on it for the In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. Got a lot of compliments because they complimented each other. And one guy said, oh, I'll let you guys in anytime. Like, you know, we got out of our way so we get in on the uh, inside the road because you're wearing Davy Allison stuff. I'll let all Davy Allison stuff by. It's like, okay, cool. Thank you. So compliments on the shirt. It's a good shirt, especially when you go to an event like that. And uh, be on the lookout pretty soon. It didn't happen as fast as I would have hoped it did. Um, financial situations, we did kind of buy them. They don't have 500 tickets. It's going to be pushed back a week or two, but we're going to have a couple new designs coming out pretty soon. And I hope y'all like them because I think they're awesome. And uh, before we get out of here, Ethan, anything you want to add? Drink lots of water. You know, you don't want to like, it's like 100 degrees out here, people. Be 102 without the heat index this week for me. Oh, man. Like, I was test driving a car and it was like 117 inside the car. Mm -hmm. 144 inside the uh, SRX cars. Jeez. Can you imagine? No, I don't want to. I'm. You know, the more I think about this, the more I think Bane's onto something. I don't really like this heat stuff anymore. I kind of would prefer the cold weather, even if it's snow. I, I have a pool. I'm good. <laughs> well, maybe that's what I need is just go get a pool. If that's what you want to add before we get out of here. Oh, no. Peace. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Love. And all the above. I knew there was something you wanted to throw in there. <laughs> I was quite knowing you. Uh, with that being said, Boogity, boogity, boogity. Amen. Oh, no. See, I did it. You didn't. And we'll see you next time in the Marvel.